Welcome, welcome, welcome to Adventures into Reality. I am your host, Andrew Bartzis, and I'm joined by my intrepid co-host, Kathy Ma. Hi, everyone. Great to be here on another glorious Monday. I really do look forward to these shows. Thank you all for tuning in. We're super psyched. (laughs) Yes, in a little bit more than 10 days, we are going to be starting Living the Mystical Life Daily Event, September 3rd and 4th this year. And it is going to be special. I have been editing and editing and editing until my eyes have gone (laughs) cross-eyed. Are your eyeballs hanging out? (laughs) One was hanging out, and I had to put it back in place so I could finish editing. Oh, I know how that feels. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. (laughs) When you're in front of a screen, 15 hours editing, reading, editing, reading, and you're reading the same thing five or six times, and you're missing the same period you're supposed to put over there. (laughs) Yes, yes, I, I totally relate to that. Well, we're all super excited. I am really stoked to be sort of so close to it. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say and meeting everyone. It'll be absolutely so much fun. Yeah, and all the people that are going to be going there, you're going to be able to meet, see Kathy there, Debbie there, and everyone that's a part of the team that's going to be there. Um, Kathy will be available for readings during the weekend and all the way up until that Monday. Um, And it's going to be a really special event. I have some things put aside that are going to truly be spectacular for people's learning process. We're going to be talking galactic history, too, for all of you that have been waiting for the next level of expansion. You're going to learn what founder beings really are. So if some of you that are really connected to the David Wilcox and the Corey Good material, you will also have something that will connect to you. Again, I will challenge you in scale and size in which you think. It is not about approving or disapproving of other people's material. It's an understanding that many people can co-create the same type of material simultaneously around the world. Just like the invention of the telephone and everything else that's been done since our world became industrialized. What you're going to find out about in these founder beings is that which is galactic history, how it relates to galactic history one, the four timeline paradoxes, what a paradox remedy reality is. Everything that wasn't able to be filled in galactic history one is going to be opened up to a point where the galactic history two will have a deeper understanding of how the founder beings interacted with us, why we are a species that is living in timeline paradoxes, a, dis- a very open answer that will help people bridge the gap from what was missing in Galactic History 1 to what is in Galactic History 2. You'll be learning so much about sending treatments forward in time and healing to yourself, what the fetus in the mother's womb truly means. You're going to hear all sorts of things that I've talked about on other radio shows that have connected to thousands and millions of people. We're going to be doing a form of I Am Presence training where you're going to be able to enhance the I Am Presence, begin begin the basic understanding of what what multidimensionally functioning is. And then the biggest thing of all at the event is you're going to begin to learn to read the Akashic Records, what it truly takes, what the mantle of responsibility is when one starts reading the records of the entire universe, a planet, a solar system, or a galaxy. That mantle of responsibility requires sacred neutrality. So many people that come and listen to me, they hear the voice, they hear me speaking from a state of knowingness, and that is what they want to achieve. I am setting the groundwork. 
the framework. So for those that are truly disciplined self-masters of their own body, mind, and spirit, they will be able to make the journey into reading the Akashic Record in a similar way that I do. It will come down to your personal discipline, your personal motivation, and the level of sacred neutrality one can keep. All the protocols will be involved in the, in the event, and by the time you're ready to go, you will have had your living the mystical life daily experience. And I have silence. I'm having trouble with my mute button. Oh, I just can't wait. I mean, the, even the breadth of information that you're going to be sharing with us is just so, so exciting. And for the first time, it's going to be heard by people. It's just right. amazing. And to be able to actually hear it from you and be able to ask you questions about it later, it's just going to be awesome. Right. That last day, we are going to have a specialized Q&A where I do one of my special talents, where I read the entire crowd. We go through the Q&A of what's going on. There will also be working Q&As during the event, so people are going to have to be able to have times to ask me questions about the material that I'll be teaching you. And at the end is where we'll have the open session of the Q&A. It is going to be Saturday and Sunday, September 3rd and September 4th. So if you'd like to have more inf information, cannot, can, uh, you can email tanach at galactichistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at galactichistorian.com. You can also go to my website, andrewbartzis.com. And when you do, a little, little pop-up window will come up that says Living the Mystical Life Daily. Or you can go to the events page. And then right away, you'll get two free teachings that are teaching about spiritual photosynthesis and aligning your footsteps to north, south, east, and west. And then you'll get a video that, that instructs you about the event and all that, and that is where you can sign up. Or just connect, contact Tanach at GalacticHistorian.com. Yes, Schnock will answer all your questions. Yes. <laughs> but he is overworked, so if he doesn't answer immediately, please be patient. <laughs> and we are having a special. Anyone that buys a ticket, you get a second ticket for free if you register the person that's coming with you. Wow, now that's uh, a deal. Uh, we are doing that on purpose because I believe so much in this material that is going to help people at the highest levels that I've made that choice to say, I'm going to break into the new, new level and make sure that everyone that wanted to be able to come to this event can come, can have their living the mystical experience, can go back and be the disciplined master that, that is required to go and read the Akashic Records in a way that feels intimately correct to themselves. Because their Akashic record reading, it is an intimate experience with a celestial mind, a galactic mind, or a universal mind. And one must know thyself so one does not get lost in the other types of minds that are out there. Mm, that's important as well, isn't it? Because right. it's so easy to get lost. You know, think of in relationships how easy it is to get lost into your boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm. Oh, I mean, yeah. you've had that experience, so have I. Mm. And you, you've not only lost, you've lost your own identity. Right. Your own yeah. identity. Yeah. And you got to gain it back. And that's why there are so few people that are reading the Akashic Records similar to the way I am. Why? Is it personal discipline and choice? 
50% of it is personal discipline and choice. The rest of it is waking up each morning and doing the self-healing and the self-nurturing so I can maintain the discipline because sometimes the discipline is so difficult and so drawing of the personality and the self that to go to that next level to read an individual person or to assist the person in their, their I am presence training to discover what's truly behind them, you have to have that disciplined nature that stems from meditation into a walking meditation so movement of energy can be within you and your mind isn't distracted, caught in the polarity of what you're seeing, at the same time trying to say words of comfort to a person who may be struggling with an emotional scenario. You know, there are times I got to tell people not good news, mm. news that they don't want to hear. The same with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's hard. It is really hard. But there's no way to sugarcoat it. You just right. have to be honest. And even though you know it's not what they want to hear and maybe not what you want for them, but for knowledge is forearmed and you can right. better deal with the situation, whatever right. it may be. Right. Whatever it may be. Mm. And that is what reading the Akashic Record is, is preparing yourself for information that may put you into polarity as the being because what the information is, the being you're reading, may not be ready for it. And you must be secure in your own soul to not step on their journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, and that's difficult not to step on someone's journey sometimes yeah. because sometimes their journey is like the, the, I, the map of it is so vast that there isn't really a lot of room left. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, it's a skill and it's difficult and it's always very personal. I think that's one of the things that sometimes people don't realize is no matter what you do, it's always personal. It's just a question of how you deliver information and how you can help people go further with it. Right. Go further with it. Because what has been this show about? Motivation, inspiration, creation for people. How many people come to hear their galactic history and leave with a whole different point of view? And it really wasn't about their galactic history. It was mm. about the pattern they repeated over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. But I think one of the big things people gain from it um, is more that they can see how everything is intertwined, whereas mm -hmm. probably before, many people, I think, see it as separate things. But when yep. we both speak to them, they can see that actually it is all intertwined in some way. You may not be aware of how it is, but gaining that insight really does make a big difference. Exactly. And then there are so many people who aren't the ones being read on air and getting even more information than the person being read out of it. I know. And, and that's the awesome part about it. I mean, we get so many emails telling us about how wonderful things have happened, how they learnt off someone else. And it, it was as if we were speaking to the listener rather right. than the one who's on the call. And that's just amazing. It also shows everyone that sometimes you think you're the only one out there with these issues and you're not. There are hundreds, if not thousands of people going through such similar things that it, it's comforting for everyone to know they're not alone. Exactly. Not only they're not alone, but they're sharing their journey and their footsteps. And they hear people in their emotional states. You know, they hear us, you know, sometimes I do I am presence training where I'm trying to find out what truly is going on in the being. And I, and I go through a series of trigger words where they'll repeat after me and words will come forth where tears will come through. Mm 
Those are the things they are unable to see. Their clarity on that subject is clouded, and their decision points always lead away from the emotional release. Mm. Mm. And that is one of that individuated skills in the Akashic Record. I can observe and then bring forth the trigger points and clear them. That is sending a treatment forward and backwards in time. Both you and I do this all the time. It is innate within the psychic ability. Yeah. And to, to even be able to do something like that, you know, I mean, it blows your mind the first time you hear that you can even do that. Right. <laughs> like, what? I can do it forward in time? <laughs> exactly. Wait, wait, wait. I can send myself a healing that's going to wait for me to, you know, get off my first plane trip to going somewhere. Or when I first come home, there's a treatment waiting so I don't fall back into the energies of the home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or even I'm about to have a meeting with my boss in a week and, you know, send myself the energy for during the meeting and after the meeting in a week's yeah. time. Yeah, and then, you know, if, you, if you're going to go meet with a, a friend that, you know, having lots of troubles and issues and you don't want to take on their emotional issues but still want to be a friend, you send a treatment to yourself to not take that on and a treatment to the friend to let go of the energy. Mm. To that, yes. that environment you know is going to come, that you know through your own predictable habits will come. Mm. Yes, it's planning, isn't it? Agenda, spiritual agenda, spiritual agenda. When you truly take those terminologies and apply them to the future that you know you will manifest, you will live the mystical life daily. Mm. Ah, I'm so ready to get all this new information as well. <laughs> I'm just so excited. I can't wait till this event. <laughs> I'm literally jumping out of my skin. Ooh, it's another day down. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I'm waiting for that moment. I got all the butterflies before I get on stage. You know, you know I've been on stage before, but butterflies still come even for people like me. Oh, In that yeah. moment, it's not, it's not the stress. I mean, the stress is something different. It is, it is the pinnacle and the apex of all of the teachings that I've brought forward and living the mystical life daily is going to go forth and it's going to go and teach everything about living the mystical life daily and then we get to introduce living the mystical life nightly. Mm. Wow. You know, you've actually raised a very good point. I am going to send you a treatment ahead in time for you when you get on stage and you start. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, and anyone out there, we will take any healings that you want to send forward in time for us for when we get onto the stage and talk about all this living lipstick life daily. <laughs> thank you in advance. <laughs> but certainly, it is something that, you know, this is a perfect example of where you can use something like that. But just before you start to calm you down and at the end for when you're tired and you just want to recuperate. Mm -hmm. So for me, the hardest thing about the weekend will be sleeping that Saturday night to Sunday. Yeah, I know. We'll when you're so on jazzed. stage, your mind doesn't want to go down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sleep? I don't need sleep. <laughs> exactly. I'll sleep next year. Yeah. Where is everyone? <laughs> <laughs> well, Kathy... Why don't we take on our first caller? And first caller is from last week. Louise, are you there? Hello? Hello, Lois or Louise? How, yeah, how do you Louise, say? yeah. Louise, <laughs> Hi. welcome to the show. We weren't able to get you on last week, but here you are today. 
Yeah, and thank you so much, all of you, for holding on to me. It was me with the mute button. I couldn't find it. <laughs> and, I, and I thought I muted, and then I realized I didn't, and I think it was about three times or so before I figured out how to but do it. But now you've learned how to do it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so sorry. It's okay. Forevermore will you know the mute button. Your yeah. soul has <laughs> learned it. <laughs> yeah. so, so, Louise, what kind of questions do you want to ask today? Um, well, first of all, I'd really like to know about my um, my household of uh, of uh, demons, <laughs> if I'm rid of them, because I um, they are tricky to find out, and I feel like I'm rid of them, and and there's no one here. But uh, I felt like that before, and then suddenly something's back again. So when did it start for you? Kind of give us a little bit of a synopsis, and what I'm uh, going to do is scan you as you're, you're giving us the synopsis. Yeah, uh, when I was uh, about 17 years old, I'm 34 now, I had this uh, experience where I went uh, totally numb, I woke up, um, and then I couldn't move at all, and it scared me really, really bad, so I... Instinctively uh, turned off all my psychic abilities and went almost like to sleep in this world. Um, and then something um, not so nice happened in my life for about four years ago, and it woke me up again because I had to start from scratch. And then um, I think half a year ago or something like that, um, I had an experience in my meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then when I then at night I woke up and I had the same experience where I couldn't move but but I could feel it inside me. It wasn't on top of me like the first when I was seventeen. Right. And then uh, just thinking, I couldn't almost uh, think, so it was hard for me to just come up with the word "get out." And then okay. I thought and. And fought and fought, and then I got the word, and then I tried to say it, and but but but, but I understand. In, in I, some I, I time, understand. I, I could, and then I thought, I, now I'm going to yell it, and I just like whispered, get out, and all this. Um, I think it, they went about an hour, and then I got up and I got it out, and then the next day I thought uh, it was funny because why didn't I think of my guides to help me? And then I went to a meditation, I think the same week, and then I saw it in my children's uh, bedroom. And I asked my guides to get behind me and shoot all the light that they could uh, be without in me, and then I shot it into this three, it was like made of wood or something like a very scary looking <laughs> fella. Um, and where, do you, where, do you, where do you live at? Um, Denmark. And you said it looked like a wood entity yeah, made of wood? Yeah, yeah, its face were like woody. Uh, okay, okay. It, it, yeah. I, I've dealt with these, these things from the upper northern European areas before. They okay. are an elemental being that at one time was a good being. And then after years of neglect from its original purpose, it turned out to be something unfriendly and unpleasant. Yeah. Um, you called it a demon. I don't recognize it as a demon. Yeah, I call it, I, I uh, yeah, I call it more of an elemental being who's gone to the dark side. 
Oh, so okay. you can label it a demon, but it isn't. A demon is a ghost that lives thousands of years that has learned how to uh, suck life force out of people. In this okay. particular instance, it is trying to become a fake guide or guardian. That's okay. why you weren't able to call on your guides or guardians. It's actually trying to maneuver positions to move your guides and guardians out of your dream space or your children's dream space. Yeah. As soon as you said you went, it came, it went to your children, it had already been going after your children long before that. How old are your children? Uh, 8, 10, and 12. Okay. It's coming from their school. Okay. So here is a, a set of agenda concepts that you can use. Yeah. So the next time that you're you're in the house and you know that you can begin some some form of clearing ritual that should take you about an hour, what you're going to do is sage out each room. So if you could have a little sage stick or a little incense yeah. stick in each room, yeah. all the windows and doors closed, and then I want you to sing one of the contract revocations. Are you familiar familiar with the the shaman's death? Yeah, yeah. So that shaman's death, if you can figure out how to sing some of it, yes, I know it's it's written, but try singing some of this. And what this is going to do is put a resonant frequency in the area to bring the original guides and guardians back in a sacred neutral perspective so that this elemental being that is trying to pretend to be a guide and guardian must choose the shaman's death and move on. Okay. So first thing first, it isn't a it isn't a ghost and it isn't a demon. It is an elemental being and you have to deal with these differently, very, yeah. very differently. And I have dealt uh, enough times with this, I don't want to put a name. It's no. because sometimes names are too much power. But I'm okay. going to use it for this. It's a Grofni Chikach. It's a, a negative guide, let's just call it that. Yeah. And it is something that is affecting many other children in your neighborhood. When you were 17, it was a similar entity to the Grokshanshik. It's just a different last name. <laughs> All okay. right? Because so, my thought was that maybe it's the same and it just switches form because I've seen him like an, a normal guy in a dream too, a very handsome looking fella with like <laughs> Elvis hair and but yeah, just yeah. totally dark eyes, not the white, still white, but just dark, dark, dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an illusion also. Okay. And this is where you can then move into the artificial intelligence, artificial sentience. So oftentimes negative elemental beings that have gone down the dark path will create an animus, an artificial intelligence, and an artificial sentience to pretend to be something else, and they will puppet or muppet it. Okay. So you want to make sure you're breaking contracts, vows, and agreements with any energy body, anything running that energy body, ban and banish it from your reality. Now the most important thing to understand is your children's shoes. You are going to want to do a ceremony, you know, they put them all in a big pile. Get everyone's shoes in the house when they're all gone, put them in a big pile. And I want you to do your most impressive personal clearing ritual on those shoes. Okay? That's how it tries to get into the body, through the feet. It also tries to get into the body through our 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 male or female parts or our kidneys. Yeah, yeah, it's like masturbating on, did right. try to masturbate on me and put me to sleep again. Right, it, it, it does that because it's trying to use the expression of that seed to trigger your body to lose power. 
Yeah. I was trying to get you into that, that false orgasmic state or, or, or icky, icky, icky state. One or the other, it doesn't matter. And this is where um, you'll have to do some way of protecting the female male parts. So what you couldn't do is grab one undergarment from each person in the house and they're not going to go back into their drawers, literally. You're going to put a blessing upon every one, put a blessing on that, and then fold it up very nice and then stick it in between the mattresses of your children's bed or somewhere else in the room that they're not going to regularly look at it. They're just going to leave it be and it's just something that's there that they never touch. Okay. So especially if it's underwear or undergarments they've worn many times, it has their frequency, their signature. And what you're putting in there is in no way, shape, or form is a discarnate entity allowed to pass the undergarments of this being. In no way, shape, or form is this being allowed to do any sexual activity. I am putting the power of the mother here in the mighty moment of the now. All right, that is our music. And just hold on, Louise. After the music, we'll come back. And welcome back, everyone, to Adventures into Reality. Louise, you still there? Yeah. So do you have any questions about what I've said so far? Um, yeah, uh, if it's, uh, I'm not uh, clear on if it's the same one because the Woody um, um, person. No, it's different. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like they might be related like cousins, but they're not the same being. Okay, okay, because um, it seemed like I got, oh, sorry, it seemed like I got rid of that one. You did, you did. And yeah. the thing is, beings like this that are elemental, they mark souls with a, 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 a frequency of energy that you could call a pheromone of ownership. And when you got rid of it, you didn't realize there was still a pheromone that was attracting other predators. Okay. And that is something that you're going to have to do in yourself. You're going to have to go into your blood and create an individual meditation, one that sees you as your heart pumping the blood, knowing yes. that every, every blood cell, every platelet goes through your heart. And that is where you have to put your clearing vision into your blood for 13, 14 minutes because it, so it totally pumps through all your body. And you say with your I am presence out loud direct to that heart, any blood that is still retaining a psychic pheromone from a negative entity or any other entity that is clearing ownership, I am clearing that pheromone from the very cellular structure of all of my blood. Okay. Okay? And that's something that you're going to have to really be disciplined on. Not that it's going to return. It's, it's to, get, to get into every blood cell is a challenge. Yeah. Okay? That's, yeah. the, that's the type of belief energy you need to put behind that meditation. That you are actually going to look in your own mind at every blood cell and make sure every blood cell has been given that out loud word of you cannot retain a pheromone that declares ownership over me. Okay. And you can also do the same thing for your children. They're still at that age where as the mother, you can step in and, and do a tremendous amount of healing magic that can also remove that psychic pheromone of ownership. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So any other questions on that? Um, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so I got a question. I got a question for you. What have you been doing for a job? Have you just been a mother? What's what's been going on there? Um, uh, well, I've been uh, florist almost uh, all my life, and then I've okay. also uh, been waitering uh, like a, a, a waiter. Uh-huh. And for the moment, right now, I'm working in uh, in a bakery, but it's more like a cafe um, place, also with the wine. And I'm. And you're not doing flowers anymore. Mm, yeah, ho- ho- home I am a lot, yeah. and uh, with herbs and everything, living by it, but not uh, working with it. I love it, but uh, I get bored in it. Um, so, so no, I'm not working with it. Anymore. Okay. So what I would I, I knew you were a florist. The, the energy was all over you. <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I would like for you to do is to find some kind of seeds that you know you're going to plant. And, and yeah. you may have heard me do this talk to other people. Put these seeds around a little pouch around your heart and sleep with them for about ten or fifteen days. Yeah. And then one or t- once or twice a week, you're going to pull a seed out and you're going to plant it in an indoor pot and you're going to watch it grow. It can be any seed, anything that you know is going to grow indoors that you could transfer outdoors or something that just like gives one, one fruit and it's gone. It's something that you have to start to do in your al- own alchemy sources. This will assist your meditation and your own magic, your own, your own in- 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 mystical life daily process. Flowers have been a part of so much of you. When you as the individuated shamanic master that you are, Start doing that with conscious application of the sacred. Those plants are going to start repaying you and start acting as sentinels for your house, warning you if entities are coming in. And there are certain types of plants that are very aromatic, that when they bloom, they actually repel entities. Lilies is for an example. Okay. Okay? So start looking up the, the... spiritual qualities of plants and flowers and start to grow some from seed in your own home and when it comes time for spring put you know 30 40 extra seeds in that pouch and have a big crop of seeds planted in the spring for you yeah okay now i want to bring kathy in here to talk about moving forward as the shamanic you moving forward as the mother and moving forward into the full empowerment of dealing with what was in the past those entities that held you down during your sleeping and knowing that those are just teachings for you so that you can assist your children friends and family yeah i know because i was left alone and i know that they need my help yep they do yeah hi louise hi um one of the things when you're talking, you know, your energy, to me, it looks like it changes a lot. It's like it goes up and down. Yeah. You have highs and lows, <laughs> even just in, in a few yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> One of the things I'd, I'd really like you to first off focus on would be more grounding, okay? Yeah. Because when you're a bit more grounded, um, you will find that it's easier for you to deal with things and to understand what's going on in your surroundings because you're not as influenced by energies around you. So one of the, um, I suppose I'll give you a few basic things that you can incorporate into your everyday life. Um, Especially seeing as you're involved with um, flowers and, you know, being a florist for so long, you'll probably appreciate this a lot more. I I would like you to use a lot more chamomile um, around you. 
Um, one of the things, of course, you know, it is a great relaxer and helps you keep calm. But I want you to have that more prevalent in your environment because, number one, it will help you be still, um, which is one of the things that we want to help with your energy. Another thing is the properties that it will help you with are focusing, clearing your mind a little bit and focusing. So, for example, when you're doing something in your house, and um, I'll just make it up. Imagine you were going ahead to prepare dinner, and as you're preparing dinner and you put something on the oven, on, on the stove, mm -hmm. you suddenly get distracted by five things, and by the time you look back at the stove, it's cooked too long, okay? Mm -hmm. So what the chamomile will do for you is it will help you focus on what you're doing. So when you have that five distractions that pop up for you, you're less likely to be influenced by them and put more concentration on what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the reason that I think this is important for you, because once you can start to master that in everyday small task, it's much easier to deal with much bigger everyday things that are happening for you. So, for example, you've got all this energy of um, <clears throat> this elemental thing around you. What it will do is that even though you are distracted by it, it will help you focus on what you're doing to cleanse the area, to ground yourself and to be more strict with it, with your own boundaries saying, you know what, I know you're still here, but I'm doing something about it and you cannot distract me away from my journey, away from my chore, away from what I'm doing. <clears throat> because you will find that once you start doing all this clearing like um, Andrew has talked about with the saging, of, especially the rooms. Sorry? Yeah, I, I'm not w with the revocations, but I've been saging my house every week for very long time in my bedroom every night now. <laughs> mm, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And when you start doing that, you know, and you're doing um, the shoes, etc., mm -hmm. yeah. you will find that a lot of things will distract you and you will stop doing it or delay doing it to deal with something else. And this yeah. is all the outside, let's call them outside external energies and messing with you to get you to stop it because they don't like what yeah. you're doing, all right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> so the chamomile for you is going to be useful. So you can have the, the actual flowers, you can have uh, burn the essential oil, and I, I'd like you to get the essential oil and put it on a tissue. And every time you feel distracted, I want you to sniff that tissue. I Always have, have the tissue. I have um, mixed some in oil that I use on my body almost every day. Okay, good, good. Yeah. But um, I also want yeah. you to carry a tissue with just that because, you know, it's a more concentrated smell. Yeah. And even when you're walking around, if you if you don't have pockets, then stick it in your bra, you know, stick it in the top of your shorts, whatever it is. But always have it so the minute you feel like you're distracted, I want you to take a big whiff of that. Because, okay. number one, it will make you stop, think, Clear you, clear your head, and then think. Wait, I am yeah. being distracted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that's the first thing I'd like you to do. Yeah. The second thing I want you to do is also you need to start to recognize that you, your being, you're a very powerful person. Okay, your being is very powerful. You're a, a really wonderful bright light. Let's call it. I mean, I see a lot of pure energy coming through you but I also seeing a lot of golden energy around you and people like this always are great creators and you're yeah. also great at anything you do that is in terms of energy so let's say at the moment we're going into empowerment in protection of your space your apartment your house 
um, where your children are. Once you can create that, once you set up that mindset, you can do it. Don't when you go in and you are doing everything that Andrew talked about. If you're thinking to yourself at the time, oh, I wonder if that's enough. I mean, should I do another ten minutes? Should I do another half hour? Or is this enough? When you're wondering that, check in with yourself because you will instinctively know because it's in your it's in your body, it's in your spirit. You have that creative, you have that empowerment within you. So only you will know the true answer to that. So don't look external for the answers in terms of that type of thing. Once you go through the process that Andrew's talked about, you will know when is enough. And if, for example, I'll make this up now, if you think that um, you've done it and you did it for two days and you're thinking, oh, is this too much? But I feel like I need to do another week then it's another week. It's whatever you think. Nothing is too much or too little according to how you judge it. Yeah. No, okay? no I'm, I'm good at following my instincts and feeling when, yeah. Yeah, but once you start doing this, you will start doubting yourself, okay? okay. And, and that's just the energy around you that's trying to mess with you. So okay. it's whatever you think it is. You don't even worry about it. You will know. Okay, and by doing all this, you are going to be setting up a grid of protection for yourself within your own home, within you know your driveway, within your car, whatever it is, you will be doing that, and know that you have that energy in you. You are creative enough, um, and you have that energy where you can do things, and you can empower that grid of protection that you're setting up to totally protect you and totally create things that you want to do. So in terms of the own space that you're at, you can do that. Okay. Yeah. Now, when I look at your day-to-day -day life, to me, it looks like, you know, that there is a certain amount of unfulfillment. Um, I know, I think you said you were getting a little bit bored with the florist or, or flowers. Um, you're doing it for a long time and now you're doing another few things. To me, it looks like you're not finding satisfaction out of what you're doing probably the last few years, um, probably because what you've been doing to you is like, you know, it's a, a, a means to an end. You do this because you need to work, you need the money um, to provide, etc. And so it's, it's an A plus B equals C kind of thing. Whereas one of the things I want you to think about is I would say probably maybe seven, eight years ago, you had a really small idea about what you would like to do with your life. But then everything took over, you know, relationships, kids, everything, and, and you kind of put it to the side. I want you to go back and think about this because to me, it looks like there's something that involves a lot of writing, which for you, I think is strange because it's really not been something that you've brought into your reality for a very long time. But it's like you have some knowledge that you want to impart, but you were worried that no one would be interested. Um, that your topic or, or whatever knowledge you had would be too menial and people would just poo-poo it. Whereas I'm saying to you, whatever it is that you wanted to, you were thinking about that you wanted to write about and impart knowledge, you should do it because you would be surprised at the amount of people that would be interested in it. <laughs> it's funny you say this because um, it contains uh, a lot of... Um Answers to uh, a question I had, uh, but but it was uh, but but 
yeah, um, yeah, I have been doing some writing um, the last two years, um, um, and and people have liked it, but 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 for, for me it more feels like yeah maybe writing it down but 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 reaching a crowd not with the written words but more spoken um, mm, mm. i think one of the things you you need to realize is you're a lot more interesting than you thought so with whatever you're writing you need to put some more personality into it i think one of the things you're trying to do is take your personality out of it and be more factual whereas you really need to put your own stories in there on a more personal, emotional level. Not, for example, I mean like, I just make this up. Um, oh, I, d I discovered this remedy because uh, my son had a cold and blah, 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 blah. Not just that. You need to put in like, I was so upset, no one could help him and I was desperate and so I thought, why not? I was inspired in a dream I had, you know, see what I mean? It's like, you need to add those kind of things in because that's also what people find interesting. But, but but this is Sorry, exactly how I have been uh, writing about all emotions and and how they affect and 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 also while I'm writing um, um, explaining the <laughs> okay the emotions. So okay, what about <laughs> we put it like this? You write it like a speech, okay? Yeah, and then you speak it out to the mirror or speak it out to the empty room, yeah. okay? And then you'll see where that difference is because what you want to say is not all in those words. You might think it is, but it's not. Mm. So why don't you write it as you were just going to write a speech, like you were going to, you know, I and Andrew are going to sit in your room and you're going to give us a sample of your speech. Think of it like that. And you need to explain to us what it is that you're writing, okay? So do that. I think you'll find that that will help you a lot more because you will start to see the words that you speak and the words that you write are not the same. You might think they're the same, but when you speak them out, you'll realize they're not the same. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know it's very difficult. It's very easy for me to say. I mean, I even do this. I mean, Andrew's just been, you know, writing all this stuff down for his event. And this is one thing we can tell you for sure. What you write and what you think you write and what you say are not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no emphasis, you know. That's so <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew can tell you all about it. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, but it, it's it's a it's a very practical way to look at it and to go forward with it. Would that would be true, right, Andrew? Yep, absolutely. I guess you got to realize there's part of your personality that believes you can do it via your personality alone. And when you start to engage the genius part of the personality, the one that takes the agenda of writing and puts the thought power behind it, you get to make something mystical. And so you got to get your genius and your out loud personality to work together on the speech process or whatever it is, the writing process, so not only does it, 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 does it convey everything that's written, but all of the unwritten things you are trying to say through implication. Example, when you use a metaphor, one person sees the metaphor one way, another person sees the metaphor another way. That's why you come up with the clearest metaphor of what you're trying to explain. Well, again, Kathy was saying process A to process B equals process C. You know, you know, step by step by step, there's always a way to bring the genius that is innate within you into the moment of the now, into that creative moment where you're writing. Yeah. 
What is it that you're writing about? Uh, it was uh, just uh, my uh, work and my awakening and everything <laughs> happening around me and around us and uh, how we should live more uh, in our feelings and and learn to uh, to, to uh, use our bodies <laughs> um, to, to, to feel ourselves and see the signs and yeah live by our instincts. Okay. How much would you say you've written? Ten pages? Five uh, pages? No, no, not at all. Uh, so, yeah, maybe five or something maybe like five. that. So how, how hard do you think it would be for you to get in contact with your little genius self and your little personality that's inside you and make it 50 pages? Oh, I don't know. It took a long time. <laughs> if you write one page a day, you could be done in a month and a half. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. One page is 350 words. Yeah. You have to break it down into smaller steps. Otherwise, you will never see the bigger picture. So many people, when they want to write, they have these incredible ideas but cannot explain the whole picture or don't have the whole picture in their mind, which makes it very tough, tough to write the beginning, the middle, the climax, and the end. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's also hard because I've only been at, at the, this uh, new part of my life for four years, and the first two years went with um, uh, waking up and suddenly all different things happening and then the last two years uh, working really concentrated with it uh, so actually I haven't had a job before now because I uh, chose uh, not to so I could work with myself and then been studying languages instead um, to, to also to get um, a, in, in Denmark you get some money for studying so we could live um, home here, and it's uh, it's first now that I, I started to work in and and feeling like now I um, uh, how can I explain it? Know a little bit of myself, but but if um, yeah, m metaphor wise, if if I feel like I'm a package, uh, I yeah I've turned. 30 years older the the last uh, four years but 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 it's also I know that I barely just ripped the paper so so I'm not um, I know I contain so much but I'm I, I'm not um, I'm not there yet at all I'm like an infant so so for me writing um, it it helps bring you out yeah, 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 maybe, but, 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 but also, um, I just feel like I need to stand on my own two feet and know where I am and what I am before I s start writing. In That's the illusion of the ego. Yeah, like how does, how, so many of us, how do we know who we are or where we are or where we're going until we explore it all the time? I mean, even now for, for both me and Andrew, sometimes you're like, what am I doing? Who am I? Because every week you can change. Your ideology can change. You morph into something else. Think of it also as a way to journal if that makes it easier for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You also have to realize that if you're waiting to find out who you are to write, 
you're never going to get that experience of figuring out who you are while you're writing. Since the dawn of book writing, people have been writing to figure out who they are. So when I hear that statement, I'm waiting to find out who I am before I write, I know that that's the, the arguing for the limitations of not going any further. And it's that's something, I, sub, it's something subtly you have to confront in yourself. Okay, but, but it's also first now because I've never thought about writing, so it, it was my thoughts upon, <laughs> upon writing where I thought it would be difficult, but I, I hear what you're saying, <laughs> both of you. You know, and you may discover that when you're writing that you're really good at it. And what you may also discover, there are other things that go with that writing. You may write about something that triggers your mind to go and research about something else. And then you're, you're in the process of reading and writing, reading and writing. Example, whenever I go to write contract revocations or any of the speeches that I do, I read and read and read because what do I get out of it? The way that they are associating words. Okay? Yeah. And once you learn word order, your thoughts easily come out. That's like when you have to learn to think in different language. It's the word order. So yeah. you don't sound like you're a two-year-old <clears throat> speaking. Yeah. Okay, darling, any last questions that you want to ask? Um, yeah, I uh, did this. Um, no, no, that's not so important. It was... Um, more my uh, my middle daughter and her temper and she really got problems um, and it's um, it's very hard for all of us but mostly her and I'm at the point that I I can't figure out what to do to help her. How old is she? Uh, she is ten. When did it really start? Uh, when she arrived in. Um, Kinder, the first kindergarten, uh, about when you are a year. You yep, 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 I yeah. get it. Did she have a particular friend that she was really young with, and by the time when she was in maybe third or fourth grade, that friend wasn't around anymore? Because she's losing friends left and right. That's why she's acting out like this, and she feels like she's alone. I'm right into her energy right now, and she's a classic 10-year-old that doesn't believe she's acknowledged and she is and going through a state of depression and lashing out at everything at her desiring attention and adoration yeah. and the more attention and adoration you give her she's good for a few weeks and then demands more and it gets worse and worse and it's a never-ending cycle yeah. well you got to break that cycle and that's going to come down to disciplining her and unfortunately you're at a point where this personality of this child is going to grow up to be like that as a teenager if you don't figure out a way to get love into her and for her to open herself up to love again yeah exactly <laughs> okay. and I'm really trying but, but, and, it, but it's like I can't break the code <laughs> you're the mother and I want you to know you've done this with this child a dozen times before and every time you were successful at breaking her out of the depression yeah. So the first thing I want you to recognize is she's a depressed child. Yeah. You have to know that in yourself. You cannot give pity to her. Okay? Oh, yeah. All right, darling. I must let you go, and we're okay. going to move on to the next caller. But right now we have our break. So when we come back from the break, we'll take on the next caller. Thanks a lot, Louise, for calling. And why don't yeah. you call back in a month and let us know what's going on. Okay. Thank you. Okay. We'll be back right after the break.
Welcome back, everyone, to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the amazing Andrew Bartzis. And don't forget, if you want to get a private session with Andrew or myself, you can contact Tanok at Tanok at GalacticHistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at GalacticHistorian.com. And for those of, the, of you that will be attending Andrew's great Living the Mystical Life event at the beginning of September, I look forward to seeing you there. If you want to get readings with me or see Debbie, please also contact Tanok at Galactic Historian over that. And I know Andrew's super psyched about it. We're very, very excited to see you all coming. Our next caller coming up is Shane. Um, just to give you a recap, he had called in, I think it was two weeks ago, um, and Andrew wasn't here at the time, and he was going to update us a bit on the things that he had been doing. Um, and you had made some great leaps and bounds, I think, Shane. Is that right? Yeah, hi. Uh, hi, good to hear from you again. So just for everyone who missed that show, could you tell us a little bit about what you have been doing since you last spoke to myself and Andrew? So I've done quite a few cranial sacral uh, therapy uh, massages. And um, as you said, the fog that was going on in my head, that's pretty much cleared up now. I, mm -hmm. I can focus like 110 times better. Uh, just, yeah, it feels like I just oiled the machine. Wow, that's awesome. Absolutely awesome. And when you were having these cranial sacral um, therapies at the time, what was going through your head? Did you feel that there was any, even a little bit of movement in there or were there random thoughts that you hadn't anticipated coming up? Well, I was actually trying to focus on what the uh, healer was doing and trying to learn from that. Ah, that's also a wise way to go. What did, did you, you learn? Uh, just the way she moved energy around mm -hmm. um, and different ways of uh, channeling energy. Do you think this is something that you want to go and learn for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Is this something you're going to make your life path? Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I remember when I first talked to you in, in um, the, the place that you were staying at and all of the things that you were going through and all the spiritual things that were going on with you. And to have you now talking on the radio like this is a huge breakthrough for you. For those people that have heard before, Shane has returned. Welcome back. <laughs> yes. I know, Shane. You might not even realize it, but just to hear that energy and the power yeah. in your voice is absolutely wonderful. And another thing you were talking about is that you had found that you had a big interest in dragons now. Yeah, I found a book and have been meditating and studying along with that. And I've been learning new things, new ways of healing from that as well. Mm -hmm. Well, you are going to have all sorts of guides come to you now that were blocked because of that haze that was in your mind before that non-clarity that you have. Have you really done a comparison of how hazy your mind was before? I mean, I know you said 100 to 10% difference. What is the little nuances of the change that you've seen when you were in the haze as opposed to not being in the haze? This may be something that helps a whole lot of other people who are right on the verge that are similar to you 
that could go and get some cranial sacral and go and get some healing and have the similar change that you've had. Okay, so it was it was pretty much like uh, a fog in, in my head. You know how you get that writer's block? Yep. Uh, pretty much that, but yeah, it just kept me from thinking, from focusing, from doing anything. Like I'd, I'd go to other mediums and they'd suggest uh, different crystals and, and rocks to help me focus. Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. a rose crystal skull. That mm-hmm. that helps, but it's it's nothing like the cranial sacral uh, right. achievement. But um, now that you're more, and now that you're more cleared out. You may be surprised that those crystals have a different way of energy working with you now. Mm-hmm. How many sesh cranial sessions did you have? Uh, about four now. About four now. Yeah, what would you four. say is the most important thing during your four sessions that you had? Just learning techniques so that when when they hurt me and I'm not around the physician, uh-huh. I, I can help myself. There you go. You can help yourself, empower yourself. You felt the energy move. Did the therapist do the teeth work on you too? No. Okay. You can ask them. They may not. They may not be all the way at that at that level yet, and they can do what's called mouth work, where there's pressure points similar to that of the tailbone and the and the atlas and the axis, where they can release the plates that are inside your mouth, and this is from teeth chattering or when you're asleep or the grindy jaw. Um, that will probably be your next your next layer of unwinding for you, and that's going to give you a lot more of the power of your voice back. I mean, you got a lot of it now because you're fully connected to brain and tailbone. That's that's good news because I clench my jaws a lot. Yeah, and that's just residual stress of having to live with energy that's buffeting against you like a hurricane. Okay, so you can ask your cranial sacral, your your CST person about the the actual mouth work. Um. And if they don't know it, they should be able to recommend someone that's that to do it because that's basically when you do cranial sacral too. You with the with myofascial release, you learn the mouth work. Mm. And one thing, Shane, is if they do do that treatment for you and you find it uncomfortable with their hands in your mouth, just let them know because sometimes uncomf- you know that discomfort does come with it until they release something. So don't right. be panicky or scared if you feel. Like, I remember when I first got it done, I thought they were trying to choke me. (laughs) And I was very rude about it. Um, But after I kind of more understood what was going on, I could relax a bit more and they just did a little bit each time as opposed to as much as they wanted to originally. Right. Well, there is our three separate plates in the mouth, one in the center and one to the left and the right over over the molar, the the top top teeth and the sides. And what it is is they, they... oftentimes get compressed too low or they're all the way up pushing against the sinus cavities or one is pushing against the sinus cavity and the other one's really low and the other one's just got swelling underneath it. When they're realigned, you actually will chew food differently, create spit differently that will assist you in digesting your food. You won't have dry mouth scenarios that's grinding your teeth and the chittery teeth when you're asleep or won't come around anymore. Oh, okay. Thanks. So, how have your dreams been? 
since you've had your, your, your therapies? I actually haven't been dreaming uh, at all. And that's kind of common when one goes through the changing of the fog. Mm, okay. Okay. A new dream world's going to come to you because you've just gone through an amazing set of healings, an amazing set of personal inner conversions. And this is where you can start some prayers or be able to do yourself a little outdoor fire ceremony that looks at you just before you fall asleep and starts sending yourself energy to your central nervous system. Just as if you were create, recreating a, uh, a cranial sacral session as you were falling asleep inside your mind, you're putting the energy to the atlas, the axis, activating the tailbone to move left and right so cranial fluid is exchanged between the brain and the tailbone activate the central nervous system to go into deep relaxation so you could have a moment of lucid dreaming before the sleep paralysis takes over to also empower the sleep paralysis process with as much love as you can because sleep paralysis can be easily confused when we empower it with the love of the spiritual journey into the dream world it becomes a protective shell for us and it prevents other things from stepping in or altering the nature of the dreams, even if it's something inside of you, which is your sympathetic or your parasympathetic, which is trying to create just confusion dreams or dreams that don't mean anything or just dreams that are there and you wake up the next day, it was no big deal. We want to have those mystical dreams. And by giving yourself that vision of the cranial treatment as you're falling asleep, with the guided attention of bringing your mind into your intestinal tract to engage the sacred dream vehicle so you can have a moment of lucid dreaming with all the versions of yourself. Mm, okay, I'll try that. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, another thing is, um, last time we called, I was you mentioned that I'd be able to heal the land. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think I'm not quite there yet, and I've been just trying to see what what the land has, has uh, needs for me and, and go from there. But do you uh, pick up on anything else I should be doing? The first thing the land wants you to do is finish healing. Okay? And then the second thing is declaring your path to the land. You're, 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 you're finishing your healing, giving the land clear intentions so it can work with you. The land wants to be a part of your healing. And you have found a, a cranial healer, and it's time for you to begin to study some of that. Consider taking your first class and making that date. You're saying to the land, I am going to go and invest into this class and come back with these healing skills. And from that point forward, we are going to co-create. Because cranial sacral can be worked on humans, and it can work on the land, too. They are vice versa skills. It is for any living being that has a brain and a heart and a tailbone. And our earth has all of that, too. You can do cranial on a tree that's of an ancient grove that's near you that is requiring a person to step forward and channel the ancestral energies. So you can connect to the tree's brain and the tree's tailbone deep within its roots. Connect to the pulse of the earth and that of the ancestors of all the trees. You can become a tree psychic surgeon. A stone psychic surgeon. A mountain psychic surgeon. All of those things are within your perspective. 
and your ability and within your soul frequency. It is now that time of micro-education where you step forward as the Shane of the I am now and saying, this next time is my time of education. When the education is done, I'm ready to step forth as the master who will listen to the land over many years to learn its subtle needs and wants and begin to change the land in equal co-creation with it. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. There are so many spirits waiting for you to just begin your self-education process. You know, Cranial One, I think, is just a weekend class. Cranial Two, I think, is a four-day class. You can complete it all in a year. Great. Huh? I, I think that's all my questions. Thank, thank you. You're welcome. And I thank you for calling back and sharing your experience. You, you are helping a whole lot of people out there. And for those people that have been following the show for a long time and heard Shane and calling the first time and just hear him now, you can hear the change. You can, hear, you can feel the being out of the fog, ready to step into his power. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's chalk and cheese. You wouldn't even recognize the same person. I mean, Shane, you've done so well. So I don't want to say so well. You've gone ahead leaps and bounds in a very short span of time. I'm proud of you. Me too. Good for you. Yeah, definitely. Please let us know in another month how things are going with you because I I predict that you will do well. <laughs> Me too. More leaps and bounds. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say this, Shane, when you are ready to do it as a business in conjunction with the land, you are going to make a fortune 50 times over. That's the land repaying you. Powerful statements. Allow it to be what it is, Shane. Don't you know, need to control it. You don't need to do anything other than love it with all of your heart, all of your being, everything that is you going forward into time. You're free of the fog now, and it's not ever going to come back because you now know how to clear it. And you can bring this power to everyone in the world, everyone that's been in the fog. Innately, you know it so well because you lived within it for so long. And when those people start coming to you that have had similar issues to you, you're going to find yourself on your path to the great stars and beyond. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome, brother. You have a great journey ahead of you. Mm. Thank you so much for calling, Shane, and letting us know how you've been doing. That's really great. Any last questions, Shane? Okay. Uh, what about my uh, pot smoking habit? What do you think of that? How much are you smoking in a month? How many grams? Uh, about an ounce. And I want you to cut that down to about 10 grams a month. Okay. And the only reason why you're going to cut it down that drastically and make sure you're not smoking 20 and 30% THC stuff 
is the healing that you're going through. You're going to need some of the THC to assist you, but you're building brand new psychic pathways and brand new synapses from your left brain to your right brain. And when you build them with a lot of THC high energy in them, they may build too fast and they may break down. You want to make sure that these synapses that are growing have the fullness of you behind it, not the always high you behind it, who may miss a detail or two. Okay. Okay. The left brain and the right brain, you got to see them working in conjunction with this process. So what you can do is take your cannabis and put a, a you know, take the, separate it out into 10 grams and put a lot of prayers into it that talk about connecting the left brain to the right brain, connecting the tailbone to the atlas and the axis, all of the vision that you had during your cranial treatments so that you're now empowering your cannabis and your THC and the CBDs within it to assist in that process. Now, if you go over your 10 grams, you have to be able to see that as something else that is recreational. And that is where you want to put recreational prayers on that cannabis. So you can make a separation between the two. You can get, you know, two different kinds of buds, one that's one, uh, indica and one that's a sativa, and have the separation of the two. If you still think you need to do an ounce a month, at the end of your process, just remind yourself that an ounce a month is roughly still a gram a day. And a gram a day is still quite a bit of weed. Quite a bit. And you need to cut that down to 10, where you're smoking a less than half a gram a day. That means a third of your day has THC and its psychoactive effect in you, not half of every day of the month. Okay, thanks. Okay, does that make sense to you? Yeah, loads. Okay. So the other thing is, what are you eating? How, have your, how has your food been going? Oh, I could be doing better. Okay, well, what's the issue? Um, I'm just not getting the, the groceries I need. Okay. I'm, I'm a little rusty with the just cooking. Okay, So well, I, that is where you have to make personal choices. Yeah. And you know you're going to be going through a time of high education, that you need to start making food ahead of time. You've got to discover what kind of food that you can easily stick in your little toaster oven or put into your oven that's pre-made and pre-assembled and put into you know, breakfast, lunches, and dinners. What I do here at my house is on Sunday or on a late Saturday night, quite literally 10 o'clock at Saturday night, I'll cook my food for the entire week. But I'll do it as a ceremony so that I love my process of cutting my onions while my television is on, distracting me into reminding me that I'm a human being creating my food and putting my love into it, and where I'm one of my tortillas or whatever it is, I'm putting that fullness of me in it. So during the week, when I go to eat that food, I have that memory that I made that, that recreational moment of creating food sacred enough so that when I ate it in the future, I got the gift from myself doing it. And this is probably one of your disconnects from food that you had from your mother who was so overwhelming to you. Even the food itself was rejecting you from her. Does that make sense? Kind of. 
Yeah. So maybe you need to start watching some cooking shows or read a cook cooking book. You know, there's a, a a guy out there named Anthony Bourdain. He does a TV show called No Reservations. Have you ever heard of him? Um, I would look up some of his shows. And there's, I think, 10 or 12 seasons of it. He goes all around the world and shows you food from backdoor China to Turkey to in the middle of nowhere, India. Food of the people of the world. Anthony Bourdain, and it's Ted, the show is called No Reservations. He has also written three books that have become international bestsellers, selling like 20 million copies, called Kitchen Confidential, where he tells all the secrets and all the little drama stories about all the greatest chefs in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So allow yourself to be allured by food again. And know that you've got an imprint of food on you that has come from your mother. And that you want to clear that imprint out. You want to enjoy your food. Even if it is a can of beans and all you've got is some garlic and onion to put into it. It's still you that is putting your power into it. No longer be lured by the McDonald's drive through Alright, that is our break. Hold on there and when we come back we'll finish our conversation. Welcome back, everyone. Shane, are you there? Yep. Hello. Hi. Your, Kristen was with you also, and she wanted to ask a question, too? Yeah. She's right here. Oh, I was just hoping if I could have my own little reading this morning. I didn't think I'm I was so, going to... We can't. We've got another caller that has been waiting also. No worries. I'll wait till next week. I'll call back. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys, for calling in. We It was a really special that you called in and told us what was going on. Shane, you are a powerful soul. It's time to start that self-education and love every second of it. Because when you're done mastering the skill of what cranial sacral is, you're going to learn to apply it to more than just human beings, everything that's living. All right. Thank you. Thank All right, you. guys. Have a great day. You too. You too. So... Kathy, you know, when we have callers call back that show us the greatness that they've gone through, it's just really wonderful. Oh, it is. It, it's really great to hear what they've been doing, how things have affected them, and also how they've managed to affect positive change in their lives and move forward. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's great for us. I'm sure it's great for everyone else who's listening regularly as well to see how people can take it to another step. And if they know people in the same situation, there's hope for everyone, right? Exactly. Hope for everyone. Mm -hmm. With that, we are going to go on to our next caller that has been waiting since the very begin beginning. Hedda, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi. Where are you calling from today, Hedda? I'm calling from Calgary in Alberta. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to the show. How did you find out about us? Oh, I have a very enlightened being who is my mentor, and he introduced me to your, your show. Very cool, very cool. So, have you been listening for a while now? What was it that prompted you to want to call in? Well, the first time I heard you, uh, everything resonated, and I just couldn't get enough. I listened to everything that I could get my hands on. So, I was obviously ready for the information. 
very, very cool. I don't know if you had listened to the last caller, Shane, when he first called in a few months ago. Um, tough story, tough life story, going through an amazing psychic awakening, but at the same time, still inside his mind and unable to get through the fog. And, and to see him come back in this next level now, it's just amazing. That was. It was really interesting. So what kind of questions do you want to ask us today? Well, I believe I certainly want to know my galactic history. That's where I can start. That's where you can start? All right, what year were you born? 1955. 1955. Just give me a second here. All right, so at birth right away, there was an issue just before you... Were you a C-section baby? Nope. Was there an issue that you know of during the birth at all? Yes, I have the cord around my neck. All right. Do you have any memories from the womb? I'm going to ask that first. I don't think so, no. I do have, when I had a massage, um, anytime they touched my neck, I would uh, immediately get overwhelmingly emotional. You, you actually died when the, when the cord was around your neck, and that is a past life wound that has happened to you 30 or 40 dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it, 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 made it, was... itse- it, it made itself manifest on your neck so that the next lifetime you wouldn't go through it. I see. So you actually died in the birth canal, and then when the doctor took the cord off and was able to reconnect you in such a way that your soul spark came back in, and it was a spiritual contract with that individuated doctor, which means you are innately around a healing being this lifetime because you died in the in as a fetus in the canal of forgetting. It's mm-hmm. very specific in spiritual contracts that when this happens there is going to be an eventuality or an inevitability that the great mighty healing spirit is going to come into you and you're going to do that at a much bigger scale. Yes, as a matter of fact, the lines on my hand say that well, the lines say I'm a healer. Well, you're a healing lineage even better than that. The body that you're in now is a lineage of healers. Inside your DNA are a million different I am presences who were local doctors, local shamans, witch doctors, ancestors, anything you want to label as a healer in the previous expression of our history from the Silver Age to the Golden Age and beyond. That lineage has been holding doctors and and, and the most highest sentient beings that are healers and storing a collective of knowledge in this individual lineage that you were born in and died in the canal and then were reborn through. Amazing. So you are not only a healer, you're going to be healing millions. Well, that's phenomenal. And I'd love to know how, because when I started to do my Reiki, one of my other instructors said that, um, you cannot do healing until you're clear yourself. And so I've stopped. You know, that's the third person that has now told me this, that a Reiki practitioner told them to stop, and it was their master. And I'm going to go back to my original thing. When one needs to stop healing and being told by another practitioner they need to stop healing, two things go on. The practitioner's ego and then the other person's suppression to that ego. And there may have been a requirement to stop for a shorter period of time to allow the deeper self-healing and self-nurturing and the revelations of what you were doing to go through, but that does not mean to walk away from it in any way, shape, or form. I think not only should you 
go back into it with a full head of steam that you need to create new railroad tracks that stop other healers perspectives from saying not to do this um, teaching is one thing but I think you need to get back into um, the Reiki 2 expression of, of sending treatments forward and backward in time specifically to yourself specifically to the time the individual told you to stop practicing and change that agreement so that okay. everything that was put in suspension returns today okay yeah um, I, I let me interject on that. I really agree with Andrew over this. Um, it, you know, no one really should be telling anyone to halt any healing, self-healing, um, for any particular reason, unless it was a specific amount of time for you to fully integrate your own healing. Um, and at that moment in time, you yourself were doing way too much healing for other people. By way too much, I'm like, you know, six, eight hours a day. Um, if those two scenarios are, you know, are not happening, then really um, maybe the, the master that told you that was um, not clear and possibly that what they were trying to, what they meant would be just take a little break, like, you know, a couple of weeks off or a month off to do integration for yourself. But to ask someone to not heal others or give anyone else healing because they're not fully healed themselves, to me is um, what is the word? Is that a mis? Not a misnomer. It's a it's a paradox because everyone is continuously doing self healing. No one is ever completely healed. So at what moment would your healing be finished so that you could continue on someone else? In theory, it doesn't even make any sense. Well, this is good news because I'd love to do that. I'd love to be in service. Yeah. And maybe they just didn't um, say the words properly to you. Maybe I misunderstood them. Um, but either way, I think I and Andrew can both agree that you should get back on that bicycle. Yes. <laughs> so let me help you with some of your, your, your history. What I'm going to do is start from this lifetime. Okay. So when you died in the canal, you actually had a life review. So you've already had a life review this lifetime. Okay. You have, you, you have no idea the rarity of that. Maybe of the 50 billion sentient beings in this world, you know, there's only 7 billion, 300 million humans, but there's 50 billion sentient beings. There are maybe 15 that are like that, and you're one of those 15. And this is an advantage for this life? Only this life, and this life alone. Okay. And it is why all other lifetimes in competition with you are jealous of you. <laughs> so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to work back. I'm going to last lifetime that you were before you are ahead of this lifetime. You were 1802 to 1885. And you were living in Guatemala, Mexico at the foothills of the Chichen Itza Pyramid. You were an indigenous person who had Spanish blood in their lineage, like many others of that time. But you were still taught the original ways of the, those of, of the Maya elders there. And you were brought into what's called the Jaguar clan. And your individuated purpose was to take sacred medicines, go to sacred spaces, and go into the void and be what's called the stalker of the void, looking for nothingness 
making manifestation of nothingness. That's fantastic. Have you ever used medicine to that psychoactive effect? No, actually, uh, I, I, don't, I don't really think that I'm very, very sensitive and I've never gotten guidance. But whenever I've done a pendulum, it tells me that I should not be taking ayahuasca, but perhaps uh, San no, no, Pedro. No, that's not ayahuasca. It's, it's, it's iboga or oh. other things. Ayahuasca is something different. Ayahuasca is from the, the more of the South America and the Peruvian-Bolivian area. Which I know nothing about. Which you know nothing about. So this is this is the stalker of the void, and when you died that lifetime, that is where you had a life review that helped you understand why you were observing the void itself. It was something the I am presence as a soul in the fetus in the original womb in 1802 decided to have an experience that was more higher soul-based than I am presence-based. Okay. It was a way for the soul to fully recalibrate everything it had done in this galaxy, in this universe, and to bring it back into light body wisdom so the next lifetime that you would be born, you would be able to have that little mystical thing of a life review inside the death of a birth canal. I see. The oh, void yeah. is all pregnant space. I've heard of the void. Okay. The void is forever pregnant. And the lifetime at 1882 when you died in your life review, you had your life review of yourself having a life review dying as a baby in your, in your mother's birth canal. And then coming back to life as the doctor spiritually contracted you to come back to life. Wow. Okay. Now yes. you have two connections. I'm going to go further back. I'm going to go 400 A.D. Between 400 A.D. and the 1802 lifetime, you were living 40 or 50 lifetimes simultaneously. China, South Africa, all over the world. In the majority of those lifetimes, you were an agrarian, farmer, cows, chickens, ducks, feeding the people, animal husbandry, specifically selecting certain animals to mate, learning the esoteric rituals behind beehives and the powers of bees, truly being self-sufficient with the land. All of those individuated lifetimes had positive and negative karma in it. But when you add them up as a total, it's thousands upon thousands of lifetimes that reduced your karma as a spirit tenfold. Oh, great. So that was the journey so that you could have an apex lifetime of being the stalker of the void. So I'm going to go back even deeper, 7,000 B.C., and this is the very last of the last of the last of the Atlanteans that are living on this world as natural bred Atlanteans that haven't intermixed with the other DNA human skin suits that were brought here from other worlds. You were the last of a lineage that was retaining power, retaining technology, retaining the need to defend this world. Facing the void of a future in which your species would fall apart if they didn't come up with a plan of how to breed with the surface population. Okay. So this being is very harmed and is one of those beings that's in competition with you. This is the being that had to put their seed in all of these other skin suits 
and see them procreate children that would be a bastardized version of the true Atlantean blood. But you, this Hedda of the now, is a pure blood in spirit, a purebred Atlantean. Oh, I, do, I have had a dream, yes, about Atlantis. Okay. Yes. So you would have been a Hyborian Atlantis, the last generation of, of Atlantean warriors and wizards and sorcerers and healers and all of those other things. And you went through what's called the Atlantean ritual of swords to plowshares, knowing full well the only way to save the species was to breed with everything on the world. And you converted your weapons of wars into baby factories, quite literally. Mm-hmm. And this is why you had spent so many hundreds and hundreds and thousands of lifetimes in different bodies. And this is why this lifetime is so difficult to truly understand as a fractionalized past. When one has tens of thousands of I am presences in previous historical versions of themselves, it's hard to find the original train of the avatar that made the soul choices. And the original avatar that made the soul choices was the one that experienced the first rise and destruction of Atlantis 13 million years ago. You observed this world being destroyed a dozen times, and you haven't left, and your spirit wasn't broken. That is the bigger picture of your galactic history. Okay. 31 million years ago is when you first arrived here. You also arrived here not as a singular being, but as a collective consciousness of very powerful angelic beings who were looking to descend from seventh density to sixth density and to share space with the celestial mind known as Earth so they can inevitably in the future re regain their seventh density concept when Earth would go through its change. So these millions of angelic beings bonded with the Earth itself became a part of the waters, the lands, the mountains, the grass, and everything else that was part of this living surface earth. They forgave their bodies to be a part of the land, to assist earth going the great destruction she was going through. When your time as that angelic protecting of the shell of earth was done, you came back into skin suit to heal the traumas that you had gone through as that angelic being, and as Earth was reduced from 7th to 6th to 5th to 4th to the 3rd density that is now, all of those angelic beings are still here. As we are now going back into 4th density, many of you will waken up and be a part of the lands, the Earth, or be healers in the physical now, speaking words of wisdom, using your hands to glow with great light energy, to spread to the people that are on the table, to begin to put psychic surgery centers together so we can remove the spiritual traumas that are many millions of years old, that are stuck in our race memory, forgotten by the amnesia we have. This is overwhelming. I know. But you're one of those people that can handle it. I see it in the little smile in your Skype picture. <laughs> all right? it's, it's the grin you've had since birth. <laughs> Kathy, what do you have to add? I, yeah, you know, what you've said, a lot of it I can totally resonate with um, because you have this real 
incredible energy around you and it's it just it's electrifying it really is i mean i totally agree with andrew you you're going to do great things um have full confidence in the path that you're going on because you ha you have a lot of healing to go yet <laughs> i mean as in a lot of healing to do for yeah, others, others. <laughs> let me be clear <laughs> thank you i have plenty of my own feeling um, I really like where you're going and what you're doing. Um, I think that you will pick up more skills as you go along. Um, and you'll find that as you start picking up more skills, you're going to morph everything together and you will create something that is very unique to you and it has totally got your signature on it. I think a lot of things that um, you're about to embark on, you'll find that you just don't know how it happens, but you end up teaching people. You might not view it as teaching people, but by talking and explaining, um, you are teaching people, you're educating them and you're, you know, opening their minds. And when you can truly see that for what it is, then you'll understand more about where you're going with all of this. It's one of those situations where it's we can't really tell you too much because we don't want to influence what you're going to be doing. Um, I can tell you, you'll be doing a lot. <laughs> well, this is really good news because I'm just at this point where I don't know where to go. I know I am a teacher. I'm a teacher already in this life. Uh, I teach art. I sing. I, I teach wherever I go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it'll be an easy transition for you to teaching the mystical life mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Natural are you, transition. Are you already involved in a lot of um, internet groups? Um, a few. Mm. I would branch out and um, broaden your horizons, mainly because the people that you would meet in them are very interesting and you will find that they naturally gravitate towards you for advice or direction just by being you. And this will also show you a lot of where you want to go with things. So I'd certainly broaden your horizons with that. If you, at the moment you're involved with groups that are very specific, then I'd think think about the keywords of things that interest you and that are related to you and use those to find some new um, groups that will pretty much um, show you more about the type of people that you can touch and you hadn't really thought about it. So, for example, let's say at the moment you're just involved with healing groups and people going through certain things or Reiki groups, then, you know, go into people that are, are in business that are interested in healing. I mean, look for groups like that. Look for different things out of where you're at now that you think, oh, maybe I'd make some interesting friends there. And that's your only agenda, just make interesting friends. But by going out of that zone that you're in now, you will find the people that you meet almost guide you on where you're going. Okay, that's uh, partly that answers my next question. Ah, well, uh, <laughs> we're just stacking them down there today. <laughs> I'd what like was to, your next question? The, the next question is, I'd like to know the form which I should perform, per pursue in, in order to get this training or this direction. And if, it's, if you can't tell me, that's fine. I'll, I'll just do what you just said. But I, in many if ways, it's, we can't tell you because you're going to create it yourself. You're going to take a lot of different things that you've learned and a lot of different skills that you have, and you're going to morph it into something that is uniquely you. Yeah, synthesize so, it, all yes. of your modalities. Yes. 
Well, I'm an artist, and that's part of what I do anyway, is observe and synthesize. Mm. Naturally you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even need to tell you. <laughs> we don't even need to tell you. <laughs> that's a grin on your face. You already know. You just got to actually do it. Yes, indeed. I, but I also understand part of what you're asking is, am I doing the right thing already? I think this is what I want to do. I think this is what I can do. But can you tell me if that's what I should be doing? In your in your heart, that's a bit where you are at. And I think we can both say yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I get that message too in numbers. Tell me it's okay. Keep doing it. Have faith. Keep going. So what I would like for you to do is a little ritual on the mark on your neck. Is that once a month that you maybe take some watercolors and you paint on it. Okay. And you paint some of these words, which is, you have this mark to remind you that you had a healing at a most intense level. And you want to bring the joy of life to this lifetime. Your life stories, that not only did you survive that moment in the womb, you are now thriving at this great older age. And the fetus, who is having the life review simultaneously of having another life review as another being, will learn your story. And they need that to assist in their final passing on. So you, the I am presence of now, continues with all of the wisdom of your past, present, and future ancestors in equal co-creation and non-competition with you, the one who did it, who's one of the 15 on the world. And there are millions of others that have tried and didn't survive. All right, I'll do that. Yeah. So any other questions you want to ask? We only got about two minutes before the music comes in. Um, any hope for a partner in the future? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. That's the good more music. energy you start putting out that you are the healer again and you start emanating the pheromone of the I am healer within there, you're going to be beating them off with a stick. <laughs> and the only thing that you're going to have to remind yourself is don't pick them like I did in the past. Pick them as if I am the I am now who wants everything fulfilled. I need to, I need to, they need to merit me and I them. Yes. They I need to court you too. Absolutely. I haven't had that before. <laughs> write your list. You can create it. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You write that list and you manifest it. And give us a call back in a month.